0: Live opinions, descriptions, and accounts expressed on the Best of Times Radio Hour are those of the hosts and the guests of this show, and not necessarily those of Town Square Media or this station. Consult with your attorney, accountant, or other professional for final advice in making your decision. The Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity. Helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The best of times. Your host, Gary Coligas.
1: Good morning. I'm Gary Coligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only magazine for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning into our show and also thanking those listening via the internet at www710 keelcom as well as listening live on their Apple and Android devices on the Radio Pub app. In just a few minutes we're going to talk about the detection and prevention of contagious diseases. So stay tuned to this radio show for some very beneficial information for you or your loved one. It is Saturday, January the 21st and we are broadcasting our radio show today live from the studios of News Radio 710 Kiel, a Town Square Media radio station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. Good morning, Mr. Gary.
2: Good morning, Mr. Gary.
1: Well, how are you feeling today?
2: Uh, it's Saturday, so uh, I'm all right.
1: You're all right. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got a little. I'm sure my listeners are noticing Gary doesn't sound his normal way, but I have a little bit of um, cough, congestion, and, and sounding a little bit of. You know, hopefully, don't lose my voice after an hour, but it I, might I happen. It's,
0: I think it's the weather. It, it,
1: since the weather can't make up its mind, I think everybody has a cold. They just can't shake. Well, I don't think it's the weather. It's those little <laughs> viruses we're going to talk about. Those <laughs> microbes are floating in the air. Well, so no telling. A guest today. That can tell us all about it no no telling where i caught it from so no. hey i'm trying to get get around it but uh i'm glad you're doing well and uh hopefully all of our listeners out there are going to find this show as well as previous shows quite educational and informative for them Be sure to pick up the January issue, of The Best of Times, at one of our 522 distribution locations. We do thank you for the many compliments about our magazine. We always do appreciate hearing from you. Remember, if you're unable to find a copy, because occasionally some of our distribution locations do run out of our 20,000 copies of The Best of Times early in the month. But if you can't find one, you can always go online to bestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our magazine. On February the 4th at the Feist-Wilder Cancer Center, there will be a Family Health Day in honor of National Cancer Prevention Month. Again, this will take place on Saturday, February the 4th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Feist-Wilder Center in Shreveport. Free on-site screenings for mammograms, prostate cancer, lung cancer, colon cancer, and Uh, As well as other types of health screenings will be done. Blood pressure screenings, glucose screenings will be available. Again, it begins at 9 a.m. And it will also include a free barbecue lunch. And you're going to be having a chance to win many fabulous door prizes. In addition, the best of times radio hour, including yours truly here, will be broadcasting a live show from the Family Health Day on February 4th, beginning at 9 a.m. at the Feist Wilder Cancer Center. I look forward to having you and seeing you at this Particular free event. Uh, again, it will take place on Saturday, February the fourth, beginning at 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Then on February the 11th, there will be a Health and Wellness Expo at the Shreveport Convention Center. This is hosted by KTAL, the NBC6 affiliate, and Fit for Life. And it will take place from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the Shreveport Convention Center. It is a free event. There will be hundreds and hundreds of businesses who will provide attendees about information about health care products and services. It is dedicated to make the Shreveport Bossier an entire arclet healthier in 2017 and beyond in addition at this at this particular event on february the 11th the best of times will be broadcasting a live radio show beginning at 9 a.m so come by the uh, best of times boot uh, say hello to me while i am be broadcast the radio show from 9 a.m to 10 a.m We are working on the 2017 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory, which is the only senior resource directory for persons living in the northwest Louisiana area. It will be released, been asked, on March the 1st of 2017. If your business organization or agency wishes to be included in this particular 2017 edition of Silver Pages, do call us at 318-636-5510. Remember to log on to our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com for a listing of announcements made during today's radio show, as well as information about upcoming events, activities, and news that you can use. We'll be right back with more information. But now, a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Kiel, proudly presented by A bears Standing Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Mm-hmm.
0: Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary
1: Coligas. Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A. Bears, Tending Country of Shreveport, Your Dodge, Chrysler Ram and Jeep Dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show is a very special guest, is Dr. Bob Robinson, a noted epidemiologist, also noted civic leader, a member of the crew of Gemini for many years. Continually, right, Bob?
2: Continuing, I was, and you were a king
1: one, king year. one yes. year. I remember that distinctly. <laughs> and your lovely bride Joanne was a, the queen.
2: Right? Uh, she was queen of the crew of Asclepius, the healthcare crew. Oh, and yeah. I can, I can tell you, Gary, it's good to be king. It's good but to be king. The year after, all the serfs leave you, and then you have to do all the work again.
1: So. Uh-oh, uh-oh. But you're all, uh, once a king, always a king, right? Definitely. So we're going to call you King Bob today on the Best of Times Radio Hour.
2: <laughs> but
1: we're not going to talk about, we're, we're in the spirit of Mardi Gras, but we're not going to talk about that right now. We're going to talk about a very interesting topic. I I knew that you were an epidemiologist because you were on my show I think over 10 years ago. I've been doing this show for 16 years. And I think you were on my show like the first two weeks of the show. And that's when the... The, the mosquito with the
2: the West Nile virus epidemic and I occurred.
1: I happened to meet you somewhere and I didn't know you were an epidemiologist and I said this guy's going to know something and you you came on the show and it was quite informative and by the way I don't know if you remember that show we had a lot of call-ins I mean a lot of call-ins and it was like panic mode but you know you calmed everybody down it wasn't that that disastrous or dangerous uh, but uh, I think we, we had definitely survived that one right?
2: We survived that one. Uh, it went from epidemic to endemic, and I'll, as you ask questions, I'll explain that. But uh, you, you were talking about people panicking. That's one of the problems with epidemics, and just the sound of it evokes fear. It does. You know, people do not know what's going to happen, and that's where the fear comes from is we just do not know.
1: Well, I'm going to tell my listeners I observed – and was attending a presentation given by Dr. Bob uh, at the Tarshar Society in November. And I was totally overwhelmed, Bob.
2: Well, I'm, I'm, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I was so impressed. I, you know you know me, I like to ask a lot of questions, and we didn't have... I mean, you gave an elaborate presentation, but I, I, I've stayed afterwards to ask questions. I'm sure the, the members would have loved me to ask all these questions. But today I'm going to get to ask some of them that I didn't get a chance to ask you during that presentation. But it but it showed me something. It told me something that I was not aware of. I think my listeners don't understand that the world is probably safer because of epidemiologists like you and others that are in harm's way throughout the world trying to stop these epidemics, pandemics, pandemics, etc., cetera, from, from exacerbating, right?
2: Well, I like to think that the work that we do is essential oh, it is. to progress. And, you know, while I'm considered an, ep- an epidemiologist, uh, your listeners need to know that I'm not a physician. Many, many epidemiologists are physicians, but there are others who do the work of epidemiology that are not physicians. My, hap- my field of study was epidemiology. I have a degree in public health, not medicine. But if you start to think about all of the healthcare providers in one form or fashion, every one of them practice epidemiology. And why is that? It's because if, you, if, if what you're trying to do is to keep people from being vulnerable to whatever disease might be on uh, you know uh, around them right now this is the flu epidemic and i can tell you right now if if you especially people who are i'm 76 people who are my age should get the flu shot they should get that vaccine to protect themselves from something that you know is out there as an epidemiologist i don't need to tell you you can just look at the newspaper listen to the tv and you'll know that there are people coming down with flu this time of the year Immunizations can greatly reduce the the uh, uh, the spread of flu,
1: and and you know that's one of the things. When I, I I'm going to digress a little bit, my article talks about, you know, think about it. One third of all the deaths, according to the American Academy of Physicians, deaths in seniors over 65 resulted from infectious diseases. That's correct. Oh, wow, that's like one third 33 percent so those are some of them are preventable
2: just just remember uh you and your listeners when we were in our 20s and we <laughs> came down with flu uh, it was an inconvenience we <laughs> did not feel good hopefully we did not go to work and spread it to other people Yep. but the resilience of a young body worked through it and uh, one of the things that that uh, is a truism is that most diseases are self-limiting and what that means is you get it your body fights it and you get over it it just goes away um, unfortunately as we get older when we our bodies are not as strong our immune systems are not as strong and I was listening to the to some of the radio program just before yours and they were talking about the immune system how important it is for older Americans to make sure they keep their immune system up to keep Uh, up to date with your with your uh, your vaccinations when you go to your family physician and you do your routine checkups make sure he goes over that and tells you where you stand in regard to the protections that vaccines give but our bodies just get more and more and more susceptible the older we get you reach a certain point when a bad case of the flu can lead to pneumonia can lead to death and that's one of the reasons we see such a high number of people, especially if you're older and you have some uh, chronic condition that, for example, if your arthritis is so bad you can't maintain a rigorous schedule of exercise, your body is going to become more and more susceptible to diseases because you're not vigorous. Maintaining the vigor of youth is one of the keys to longevity uh, in our society.
1: That's definitely true. So what I also and father um, to mention to our listeners, you know, we're worried about all this national security issues of our world leaders wanting to harm the U.S. But I I was thinking about this morning uh, and you mentioned it in your presentation. We have all these microscopic germs, viruses that are all over the world that are trying to attack the human beings and the living people on
2: earth is that true (laughs) it's yes it is (laughs) i mean i'm not going to say that uh in this room right here there are 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 germs that uh i'm sure there are (laughs) are are, are viruses that uh, that would cause ebola for example which is a horrifyingly scary uh hemorrhagic disease that we we had and i I started off that speech talking Mm -hmm. about the fear of epidemics Remember the fear that ensued when the Ebola outbreak occurred in West Africa? Yes. And how people in America didn't even want to travel in this country because there were four or five cases that came back with healthcare workers. But we were all so afraid we didn't even want to go get on an airplane because we were going to possibly be exposed to Ebola. And yet the outbreak itself, comparatively speaking, was very minor as far as the world population is concerned it was isolated in a few small areas of africa but just the idea of it evoked fear now imagine what would happen if some country some group of people threatened america with an epidemic of ebola wow uh, how what would we think how would we begin to combat some now Is that easy to do? It's not. Weaponizing uh, biohazards is extremely difficult. Uh, I know you hear the stories, and we've had uh, a lot of scares in this country uh, with anthrax and things of that type, the scare of, of smallpox. Granted, it evokes fear, but the ability to do that is extremely limited. That, and that's to, good. That's, oh, <laughs> tell me about it. That's really good. Um, I, I know that this country, that our, our nation has people who are working diligently, especially at the Centers for Disease Control, uh, to make sure that we have the capability of responding to anything like that. And as far as we know, there's nothing in the world happening in that regard. But we do know the potential does exist. So being prepared is really, really important.
1: Well, being prepared and being cautious, I think here in the United States of America, we need to be very proud. And, you know, for example, I, several years ago, Bob, I visited the United States Postal Service here in the Shreveport and Bossier area. And I was impressed because I don't think a lot of people know that all of our mail is scanned for anthrax. That's right. Every piece of mail goes through a detector mechanism, and
2: it's massive. Every piece of mail, every box. No just, matter. Just think about how much money the United States would save if we <laughs> didn't have to do that. Uh, but we have to do that. There, right? there. Well, uh, we don't have to do that. We just do it out of um, out of a precautionary move that may or may not be justified. I mean, the potential for the spread of anthrax via that uh, mode of transmission uh, is probably very limited. But the fear, when the I talk about the fear of epidemics, oh, yes. uh, causes us to commit the resources. I have no idea what it costs to do that. But if you think about how many letters go through the post office every, and not just every day, every minute. It's a massive undertaking,
1: and this not and I don't know how many distribution centers they have, but they probably have hundreds or thousands of them throughout the United States. I think
2: the word kazillion. kazillion is kazillion. a good word. Kazillion.
1: Yeah. good word so let's let's get back to epidemiology epidemic you use that word, and people use that word that term uh and and what what does it? What does it mean? It means people <laughs> when they're they're saying, "I think there's an epidemic happening
2: in our area." Is that true or false? Well, um, depends. It <laughs> depends. It depends on whether there's an epidemic or not. Uh, let's just, let's just start with what epidemiology means. It comes from the Greek. That's You'd right. You'd be happy to know that. I'm At very least, happily just about invented every word we have, uh, and it means if you li- if you look at it literally it means the study of what is upon the people okay uh, epi means upon demos means people and uh, uh, logos means uh, word, word or disclosure mm-hmm. disclosure it's it's like it's like a combination of thoughts about what is it that is happening uh that affects population and where is it happening now, that begins to describe uh, a concept of epidemiology. And a good definition of epidemiology would be um, the study of the occurrence and distribution of disease and a response to that, that uh, occurrence. Now, what's an epidemic? An epidemic is an excessive amount of a particular condition that spread among a group of people in a localized area. In a certain
1: localized,
2: in a certain or- local. Uh, for example, the the, um, the Zika virus mm-hmm. that we're all hearing a lot about right now, uh, it was imported into the southern part of the country, Florida specifically, from South America. It's not occurring in Michigan. It's only occurring in the south part of Florida. And I wouldn't call it an epidemic yet because there's not a massive number of cases. It's a small, isolated outbreak. If Is you there will. a number that's determined to
1: be an epidemic? Is it 1,000, 100, or 10,000? That's
2: also dependent on the potential for epidemic spread and the potential for catastrophe as a result of that spread. Now, once that spread relieves that localized area and begins to grow an epidemic can affect the entire united states and not the rest of the world but once it starts jumping continents for example and country barriers we begin to think of it as a worldwide epidemic or pandemic and being across being across continents and of course there have been a lot of those uh everybody's familiar with the black death the plague Mm -hmm. the thing that ravaged europe There were like three major epidemics of the Black Plague. Now, it just so happens that plague still exists. Did you know that? No. We have a case every once in a while in the southwest portion of of this country, of the United States. But what spreads plague, what causes those epidemics, is a vector. And we control those vectors very well. It was the flea if you recall london had this terrible epidemic and they thought the rats were causing it right so they killed the rats Uh uh-huh well all the fleas that were on the rats then had to find some other host guess where they went to the people to the people whoa that's what caused this massive outbreak Um, so you if, if you begin to think about an understanding of microbes how they exist how they go from one person to the other how they're transmitted, whether they're transmitted by direct contact, whether it's uh, somebody sneezing because they have it but through the air. We begin to understand how we can control the spread of that particular virus or that particular uh, bacterium. A, a quick question, Dr. Bob. Why do these microbes want to
1: attack us and attack beings and and go the, <laughs> from the flea to us and is it is it in their dna to continually uh multiply grow and kill and maim many people as they
2: can i think those things wake up every day with a bad hairdo <laughs> a bad hairdo uh, if you i mean This whole world order that we live in Mm -hmm. is constantly in motion and is constantly changing. We depend on microbes for our existence. We have to have them. And just like we do, they can sometimes change. They go from being benign uh, to virulent. And, and why, from why, one virulence what, what to another? do we know?
1: The scientists and people at the CDC know and epidemiologists know what, what caused them to have a bad day and have a bad year and
2: <laughs> become a bad, bad person, person. <laughs> a bad virus. Uh, there are theories about this. And and perhaps we can go into that in a little more detail later.
1: We'll be right back with more information, but now we word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tending Country of Report, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep Dealer.
0: Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Kaligas.
1: Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by Bears tending country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is Dr. Bob Robinson, a noted epidemiologist, who, by the way, travels the world, right? You travel the world to help save citizens, not just in the United States, but all over the United States, all over the world, right? When I was a younger man. Oh, <laughs> much you younger are man. still young, Bob. I'm <laughs> 66. That. We are still both young people. We are. Uh, young at heart, right? Definitely. No, definitely. And, I, you know, I know you have a beautiful young bride, too.
2: <laughs> well, uh, she would appreciate your saying that, I know. <laughs> I know.
1: I love her, too. I love her. Okay, so going back to the topic of epidemiology and epidemics, I, you brought up at your presentation, that I heard, and, and, you know, a lot of us uh, were, like, overwhelmed when you said, God, there's been that many, many, Pandemics and epidemics, you know, notable. I mean, there are probably many more than that. But when you talked about some of these, and the quick follow-up question before I give you ask you the answer, these are the ones we know about. There are probably many, many others we don't know about that have been recorded in history. Right?
2: You can imagine uh, how it was back in the beginning, at the time. Let's, you know, we go back to the birth of Christ and. Most of us today don't think about the diseases of then, but we remember uh, the mentionings of those in the Bible uh, of uh, 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 leprosy, plagues, leprosy, diseases that were described. Um, You can imagine what people thought about that. Where where did that come from? Mm -hmm. uh, Probably the the best known descriptions of how that was viewed was much later uh, in the time of Hippocrates. When he postulated that, and and by the way, he is considered the father of medicine. Uh, He postulated that all of this occurred from something that was, uh, he called humors. Humors were considered to be the air and the water, uh, uh, everything that surrounded people. And there was something about uh, the juxtaposition of that in relation to an individual that would cause disease. Uh, He formulated places where you could go and live healthy, resort-like atmospheres where you reduced your stress. Uh, And if you think we're stressed today, you can imagine what it was like (laughs) back then. Uh, And, of course, there was the fears, Uh, the fears that uh, something was happening not just to you but to your loved ones that you couldn't see, you couldn't touch. You had no idea what it was, and it was many, many decades before they began to postulate a theory that these things were coming from some kind of live thing that was out there that no one could see and the recording of the distribution of those kinds of organisms was only in in regard to how they caused devastation at a particular time there have been many many plagues the plague of Athens, the plague of Justinian the Anton plague typhus, there have been several in fact there have been seven total cholera epidemics or pandemics cholera spreading around the world Uh, ships when they had cholera aboard and they were coming into harbor would have to fly a yellow flag so people would know not to approach them because it meant cholera was aboard that ship. Cholera is a self-limiting disease if you're careful and you medicate the person and you keep the disease from causing them to become so emaciated that they die they didn't know that back then they had no idea what you know what to do about it so getting to this historical perspective it was so bad and has been so bad at times that it's changed the configuration of politics of economics of borders uh Disease has, been, has had a major effect on how we live, where we live, where we travel, when we go, how we go, a whole raft of things. If you recall, in the early days of flight, when you were in an airplane, you had a ventilation system that was produced by air from the outside. That meant that the air that was coming in and the air that was going out was flowing all the time so you had a fairly pure kind of air well they realized that slowed airplanes down (laughs) so what they started to do was to recirculate air now think about what that does recirculating air in an airplane it means as you breathe out some of that's going to come back to you but what's coming back to you is also what's breathed out by the person beside you and so we have begun to understand that recirculating air if the air has contaminants in it and it always does helps promote the spread of certain diseases flu among those i mean the common cold there's a whole raft of things that come from uh you know particulate matter that's suspended in the air that we can't even see uh, not that we should be fearful of it but understand it and recognize the fact that there are ways to combat that uh washing your hands a very simple thing to do because most flu is spread not by somebody coughing on you but by you touching something that they have touched with contaminated hands and then you put your hand to your mouth for eating or whatever and then you've got the flu virus so common practices like that uh are very very important to realize that people way back in uh, in olden times just did not know about. They didn't understand they that. They didn't was, understand it. They right. thought it
1: was some other right. voodoo or some other witchcraft mm. or item that might have done that. I, and you know, you have also brought up that I think some of our young people and hopefully our our mature audience might remember is at the height of World War One. I. I mean, I, I was I forgot all about this that the most lethal influenza virus. Erupted where? In a small army camp?
2: It uh, erupted in a small army camp in the Midwest and spread all over the United States. Okay, follow up. What what caused that? In that little camp
1: in, Arca- in in Kansas for these GIs there to get this. I mean, that, that's what I want. And we, we talked about that initially in the opening of the show. It was this festering there in, in whatever part of Kansas they were in. It was in, in the backyard. It was in, the, in a hole. And some guy decided to go play with it and all of a sudden touched it, put it in his mouth, and got the influenza virus.
2: Well, kind of imagine this. If you have a disease in a location, let's say, Uh, China, and nobody from China leaves, the disease is going to stay in China. Mm -hmm. But imagine what happened during a world war. There were people traveling all over the world for the first time, not just in small batches, but in large batches. It probably came in from an infestation in China, and all of a sudden, this new virus, and understand that these things mutate all the time. You ask me why viruses keep doing, they do this to survive. Okay, because most things like that are self-limiting, the the virus realizes it has to mutate and become different to survive uh, the host that it's in and go to some other host to keep going, to propagate, if you will. All living organisms look to propagate in some form or fashion, and so they modify, they change, they, 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 they become something else we were not used to that particular strain of flu in the united states oh okay so what happens is you have a almost common virus that mutates to something else they called it the swine flu and all of a sudden it just pops into a place in the united states and spreads like wildfire it i mean it killed a hundred million people worldwide think about 100 that million. we talk about how devastating the plague was man when you can get something like this to spread around the world within a few months you can imagine what it can do and that's what happened with the the pandemic of swine flu back in and they did not period. know any the cure they did not know they, they, there was no there was vaccine. no cure you, you you can't cure flu you don't you know but, but there was cure. no vaccine. There was nothing. There was, there was no vaccine.
1: And this that's was right. back in the 1917s, right? right? 1917, 1918. Wow. How devastating was that? And, but, of course, we learn from those. And that's why we're going to talk about in the next segment about some of the, the safety habits, including get your immunizations, that can, can help you and others, especially us seniors, to uh, improve our immune system as well, right? Yes. We'll be right back with more information. But now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio. Show possible. You're listening to the best of times radio hour here on News Radio 710 Kiel, proudly presented by Abel's tenant and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer.
0: Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Kaligas.
1: Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A-Bear's Sunning country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is Dr. Bob Robinson, a noted epidemiologist, and we are discussing... All the various aspects of being an epidemiologist and how they, I feel, that they have done their duty and honor to help save us citizens from catching these many, many, many contagious diseases.
2: Putting you on a pedestal, Bob. I love that. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to be humble when you're great. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, uh, my work as an epidemiologist was to help isolate The possibility of epidemic disease and find some way to prevent that from happening. If you realize it, there's a lot of different ways to prevent them. Uh, One of the ways is quarantine. If you will recall, at the early part of the show, we were talking about the Ebola epidemic that occurred in West Africa. What happened when we did find people that came back here that did not have it, but were just exposed to it? they were isolated i will never forget i was working in houston when we had the first moon landing and it was a really great event i helped work on the parade and all that stuff for the guys that came back they had to live in an isolation chamber for thirty days i think it was thirty days. yes longer just to make sure they didn't have some disease they caught on the moon Did we know that there were diseases on the moon? No. No. But what I talked about earlier, the fear, the fear of potential of outbreak was such that these guys had to come back out of being in a really small thing for a long time and get back in another small thing, even in their own hometown, and spend 30 days in in quarantine. We've done that many, many times with epidemics of cordoning, cordoning off areas where people could not get out who might spread the disease. And it's effective. It's effective. It's a very effective I've seen method. it
1: effective. People object about it when they're on cruise ships. Occasionally they will quarantine you That's right. on a cruise ship for seven days because you have a certain contagious disease that, based upon the captain and the doctor there, feel that you should be isolated,
2: right? And, and I think it is the it is incumbent. As an epidemiologist, I'm more interested in educating people than just about anything else because you should quarantine yourself. The worst thing you can do is go to the office when you've got some bad condition that is is uh, transferable to someone else. The so flu is the biggest thing that I think about. People go, oh, I, I'm okay. I can go to work. Well, you might can go to work, but what you're going to do is you're going to spread what you've got to everybody in the office. And if, if you're, a, a, you're if, dealing with customers, too, on the counter, or, et cetera,
1: or, or a waitress or a waiter... They're and they're using their hands. They could be touching someone. Right. Wow. That's right.
2: And I know you see um, you'll see pictures of, of uh, people in China and places like that, Japan, often wearing these these masks. Right. You know, and is, why are they wearing those masks? It must be a fear of, of catching a disease. Um, those masks are fairly effective for pollutions and things like that, but not that effective against microbes. The people wearing the mask should be the ones that have the condition. Now I know sneezing into a mask is not a really good idea, but that would help stop the particulate matter that might carry the virus. And as I mentioned a moment ago, probably the most uh, effective method of spreading the virus of uh, uh, that causes uh, flu is touching something that has. The flu virus on it, and that comes from being transported by the particulate matter as we sneeze or breathe or whatever we're doing. But be that as it may, the effective uh, self uh, quarantining of people is a really good way to keep it from spreading. And of course,
1: some of the other aspects that we talked about is getting those immunizations, right?
2: Definitely. And I there's a lot of people will will say, oh. I don't need it. I had it four or five years ago. Understand, you, you were asking me why these diseases really come after us. Why do they do what they do. How do they do that? These things are, all, are changing all the time. Um, and they're, they're being modified so they can survive. Uh, much like we as a people, over time, we become something else. We, we become different. We become able to handle the places we live. Organisms are the same way. And as they evolve, they are so different that you need a new vaccine to protect you against them. That's why you'll see at the beginning of a flu season, CDC will announce the type of virus that is going to be in the new vaccines. And it's slightly different than the one most of the time that occurred the year before. Oftentimes, they miss the guess. And I'm going to say it's a guess. It's not really a guess. It's a calculated uh, uh, and established formula that helps them to identify what should be in the next year's vaccine.
1: Where where it may mutate. They're they're taking
2: a probability curve there to see. But it may mutate differently because you can't predict that as accurately as you would like to. If you would, none of us would have flu that took vaccine. Hmm. But and the other part of that is how you synthesize the vaccine. Whether it's more effective on you than me. Whether I have other outlying conditions that might make me more susceptible, more vulnerable. And again, that that vigorousness of, of age. Today, well, I remember you remember when we were young, a person in their fifties we thought was really old. <laughs> uh, today, I haven't even reached my peak, and I'm seventy six. Uh, you know, it, because we've become more vigorous, we're living longer. Uh, we're, uh, we're avoiding stress more. So that's helping us a lot. Uh, I love the fact that you look at our, our teenagers and uh, you look up to them. <laughs> Remember when you were a teenager you looked up to adults now you right. look up to teenagers because they're so much more healthy and vigorous they're so tall they've they had are. such good uh, you know good hygiene good food it's just amazing to me how we're changing well those bugs are changing too so, you better keep up with your immunizations, not just the flu vaccine, but others. And I've had individual seniors and, and who, who tend to travel a lot,
1: and they say, Gary, why do I have to tell the government or the people, the countries I'm going to be visiting in, where have I been before? Well, I don't want you to bring anything
2: in that they're trying to keep out.
1: And that you don't have
2: vaccines That's for. Right. They're going
1: to ask you, do Do you have smallpox up to date, right? That's right. And many other aspects when you visit these
2: these well, countries
1: in Africa. and
2: Smallpox and, is probably a, a bad example because smallpox has virtually been eradicated, as deal. has polio. Good deal. So keeping up with those, you reach a point where, and let's This is very rare, but there are people who have uh, reactions, bad reactions to vaccines occasionally. Mm I mean, this is one in, well, not a gazillion, but a lot. A lot of people. Uh, And it reaches a point where that number outnumbers the potential for exposure to the disease. Mm -hmm. When that happens, they retard the administration of those vaccines because we have created what we call herd immunity. That means there are enough people vaccinated that if one comes in, it's not going to spread. And the numbers that can come in have grown smaller and smaller and smaller until okay. there's virtually herd immunity around the world. And then you don't need, you don't, you don't need everybody being vaccinated. But once an outbreak occurs, all of a sudden, we're going to be vulnerable to some of those kinds of things. I, th- I think that's a lot of the fear also of weaponizing.
1: But didn't you tell me about TB is
2: increasing a little bit? TB is increasing. And why is that? Do well, we know? We have, we have failed to pay attention. To failed. that disease, we have failed to pay attention. I mean, how do I describe this? <clears throat> there are certain diseases that uh, that we sort of put on the shelf because they've become uh, so small in number that we really don't pay that much attention to them. We're not checking for certain things. A lot of people. They become so lackadaisical about routine checkups, for example. They don't go in and have their physician examine them. Um, and one of the big examples now is hep C. Um, and you know, you can cure hep C. That's just amazing. And people who have been uh, suffering from this for a long time, uh, I mean, it goes into your body, it seems dormant, and then all of a sudden it springs up and you have liver disease. Uh, we do now have a way to cure that, and uh, is people, there a screening for it? I think there is, isn't there? There is a screening for it. And okay. uh, it's important for people who are, uh, they call them the baby boomers. I mean, uh, you're a baby boomer. I'm just a little above that. Uh, not above it, but outside that range. <laughs> uh, but at a time when we weren't able to check for it, uh, transfusions, people handling blood, the whole, uh, whole host of ways that blood, uh, could be transferred from one person to another. And they may have contracted the disease. It goes in the body, lies dormant. And then all of a sudden, uh, one day you wake up and don't feel good. And the next thing you know, you've got liver disease.
1: And what about shingles? I've had people ask me about the shingles, Uh, the
2: shingles, (laughs) the dreaded shingles. Um, it's a result of having uh the organism that causes mumps in your body. And that organism ultimately can come back in the form of shingles. That's one of the reasons to go and get a shing shing sing, shingles. I can't say that. <laughs> shingles shot. Having had coffee and not enough water. Uh, I can't talk. Uh going in and getting a vaccine for shingles if you have had mumps. So uh I mean, not mumps, chicken pox. Chicken pox.
1: So, I, in 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 closing here, I wanted to comment today. In today's report times, I included uh, some references to your presentation, and I decided to to focus it on seniors and boomers, and and mention the healthy habits to that we can all, and we hope that others do this, as to prevent infectious diseases. And I, I list about. Ten different items that I pulled from your presentation, but I, I, you know, I thought it was critical. You've touched on some of these, but I, you know, I, I, I'm amazed how many people do not cover their mouth when coughing. <laughs> I mean, in, in the airplane especially, and in trains, and in oh, when I'm in the restaurants, they're like sneezing and coughing all over me, like, like they, they like turn and and uh, I had one individual and I said, excuse me. And he said well i don't have a tissue and i i was thinking to tell him just put it on your sleeve
2: buddy you know right that a, and I, I mentioned that as an option here well as we were growing up cover your cough is yeah. something our families told us so we right. put our hand over our mouth and we'd cough or we would sneeze and then we'd go shake hands with somebody uh-huh uh, and that's what I said not good touching the computer keys or whatever that spreads the disease so Coughing into your, uh, you know, to your arm is a much better thing than coughing into your hand. Uh, but again, I get back to, if you're contagious, if you have something like that, the best thing to do is stay away from people. Uh, it, wearing a mask will reduce it, but most of us don't want to do that because, as I said, sneezing in a mask is mask is really bad.
1: And, and another, you were you were talking about. Uh, cleaning and disinfecting and making sure we you know we handle food and we we wash our etc. But I I I remember when I used to work at a uh, at a company that had lots of computer terminals that when individuals would swap off and use somebody else's terminal, happens happens all the time. They would catch something. They would catch the f- cold flu. Because they did not disinfect the keypad. And the person probably coughed in his hands, started That's typing, left it there, or put it on his phone, phone, hand, phone receiver. Mm-hmm. So those little minor things that people are missing. And before we go, hand sanitizer. I had more people ask me about that one. So I talk a little bit about it. And there must be... You use the word gazillion. Many people that make this product, but they only put like 10% alcohol in it, and tell them how effective <laughs> is that?
2: Well, uh, not that effective, to be honest. and I don't, I don't want to besmirch the products that are out there. These people may have things other than that that are also caustic to organisms, but you've got to have a certain level of of product in there, a chemical in there that would kill bacteria. You need about 60% alcohol to be honest with you
1: well you know that's that's critical these people i just it's a waste of time i mean somebody's gonna say well like i just wiped it but it's but it's you know those types of aspects is better than nothing but uh, again pick up the uh Shreveport Times today issued the Saturday edition. There's an article called Healthy Habits that Can Prevent Infectious Diseases. Hopefully that, that'll that help you and, and other listeners out there to spread it to their family members and friends. And, and we, if somebody can do just one of these, they may help avoid not contracting as well as spreading that particular infectious disease. Is that right? That's correct. Well, thank you, Bob, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio. You were fantastic, and you really educated me again and my wonderful listeners out there. So we do thank you. For, for coming today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour.
2: Well, it was my pleasure.
1: We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bear's Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep
0: dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Kaligas.
1: Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour We're here on News Radio 710 Keel. Thank you for listening to our show today. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a wonderful, great day and a great weekend. I'm Gary Kaligas wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to the best of times on 710 Keel. Join us again next Saturday at 9 for the best of times. This is News Radio 710 Keel. K E E L. Shreveport, Mosier.